Welcome everyone to yet another edition of SFC Connects, the podcast and uh, a video on YouTube that you can visit at any time where we talk to Skills for Change staff and members of our community about how we're faring and how we're dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I've been off for a few weeks, so it's great to be back. Of course, our viewers and our listeners won't really be able to tell because we do pre-tape some of our videos, but uh, I had a baby a couple of weeks ago. And so now I'm back and um, excited to get started again on interviewing some of our staff. Today we have um, a fantastic interview and I'm really, really excited about it with our HR team at Skills for Change. We have Nadisha Berry, who's our HR specialist, and Alyssa Guida, who's our HR assistant. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. Happy to, see you to be today. here. I, I really wanted to do an HR version of our podcast and our um, video um, just to be able to, you know, um, delve into some of the challenges and some of the opportunities that our human resources team have been able to, um, you know, really focus on and have to grapple with during this COVID-19 pandemic. And um, we did have, uh, you know, an interview with our CEO, Sarana Sandy, a couple of weeks ago where she talked about just the changing nature and how rapid, as we all know across the world, how fast this happened and how we had to adapt skills for change. Um, a lot of it, of course, the, the, a lot of the heaviness falls upon HR um, in terms of training and development and making sure our teams are you know, ready and prepared for being able to change over to virtual services and whatnot. So I really wanted to explore that a little bit more with you guys and see, you know, how you guys have uh, been able to manage this last 10 to 12 weeks that we've been home. Um, so yeah, so let's get started. First of all, I just wanted to know from each of you, uh, maybe Nadisha, you can start and then Alyssa, just a little bit about your background and how you got involved with Skills for Change. Okay, um, so I'm originally from Jamaica, migrated to Canada at the end of 2017. Oh gosh, it feels longer than that. Um, but I've always been in HR. I went to university in Jamaica. I did both postgrad and undergrad in HR, and I've been working in the field actively since I graduated. So I have this year <laughs> 10 years of experience in HR. Um, I've worked in multiple sectors, including healthcare manufacturing um, a lot of my experience has been in unionized environments um, and then moving to canada i've also worked in consulting fields particularly related to um, engineering um, and then here i am at skills for change so all my work life has been um, centered around hr um, a lot of my roles involve learning and development um, leadership development, which is really where my passion is. Um, just managing careers and talent management on a whole has always been something that I've been heavily involved in. That's great. And Alyssa? Um, so I actually found Skills for Change as a student. So I, I'm a student in the BHRM program, which is the Bachelor of Human Resource Management program at York University. And so I was searching for an HR position online and Skills for Change popped up. So lucky for me, I was able to be a summer student this past summer. And yeah, that's how I, I was able to join the team. And then I was lucky enough to continue in this role up until now. So, yeah. That's great. 
Thank you for that. Uh, just given, you know, both of your background and, um, you know, uh, over the last, uh, you know, uh, more so Nadisha, of course, because you've had, um, you know, 10 years of experience in HR. Have either of you had to deal with anything similar to this type of panic? Not necessarily, obviously, we know that it hasn't happened like this before, but any type of major crisis, um, could you draw upon some of your experience? Well, I've never had to deal with a pandemic, but I've had to deal with other issues surrounding um, natural disasters. As you know, I'm from the Caribbean, so we've had, I've had experiences managing, you know, emergency plans and preparing for emergencies and actually working through emergencies when there are hurricanes or um, in instances where there are either earthquakes or some other natural disaster, but also we've had planning surrounding um, things like dengue fever outbreaks and things like this things like those but never to this magnitude um a lot of my experience has been at jamalco which is a bauxite facility so heavy um manufacturing industry and so we have ports so a lot of planning as well surrounding incidents where the port is concerned from an hr standpoint but also from you know a safety perspective so that has been the extent of my experience but this <laughs> this is significantly different from those um experiences and Alyssa, um just given your your studies that you're uh, doing right now is there anything there that um they've they had prepped you for or do, is there anything now that they're including for um, in courses? I mean, now students, everything's online. So they've definitely implemented a lot of uh, virtual learning pieces. So um, they are implementing Zoom into a lot of our classes. And because of this whole pandemic, um, a, a lot of our health and safety courses are going to definitely touch upon those things. Well, I'm hoping they do at least yeah. because this is something that none of us saw coming. Right. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I would assume that, that that's the direction that they're going to go. So it's, it's good to hear that. Yeah. Bring up those, those courses for sure. Given the particular situation had been evolving since January, we didn't really know the extent of what would happen. Um, what resources did you utilize to ensure Skills for Change was prepared for this? Oh, well, um, so we've been glued since the outbreak to, you know, the government website, tapping into public health um, information mm -hmm. and just staying abreast with all the news briefs and just World Health Organization and trying to get information from reliable sources and also sharing that information with our staff because we do know that as the situation unfolds people were fearful um people were uncertain of you know how the, it would impact us and our business and you know and so we tried our best to stay up to date with all the current information and just really try to share that as it became available not just with our staff but also with our clients so our instructors and our program um facilitators, they also share that information with their clients as well, just to ensure that, you know, everybody that serves or gets service from Skills for Change were actually getting information that was relevant to their own health and safety. So we tapped into a lot of those resources. We also went to like other health and safety agencies. So um, we tapped into also HR resources. And personally, I reached out to my network um, with other HR practitioners and leaders to see, you know, what's happening, how are you guys managing this, what's the latest information on your side globally. Um, I have a lot of friends in the U.S., 
also our HR practitioners. So tapping in to see, you know, is there something that you guys are doing that hasn't catch up to us as yet so that we could implement that into our own organization? That, absolutely. I think that's a really great point that, you know, because it's a world pandemic, you can rely on, um, you know, external resources outside of, you know, Ontario or Canada. Mm -hmm. Had been dealing with it a little bit earlier than us and had implemented certain things before we were able to. So that's really great to um, great to hear. Um, Alyssa, um, while the SFC management team and other groups planned and prepared for the shift to work mm -hmm. um, from home, like I mentioned, a lot of it obviously falls on HR in terms of uh, staff having access to the technology and training. Um, what your, you know, yours and um, Nadisha and HR team, what was your process for ensuring that that happened smoothly? Well, our big thing was open communication. We made sure that we had surveys and forms for staff to fill out so that way we can have their input of what their needs were. So we had a, an idea of what their concerns were at the very beginning and we were able to address those concerns the minute we went remote. Um, trainings were a big piece. A lot of people were scared of these new technologies that were being implemented. So we made sure to do a Zoom training. We made sure to do the Google, Google uh, Classroom training to make sure that they were able to not only have those resources now, but later on to tap into in case um, they just needed more information. Um, we were very uh, lucky in the sense where we had our wellness events before going remote and being able to continue that weekly with our staff and checking in with them has been a great resource and I found a lot of uh, great feedback from those sessions which is fantastic a lot of people just like coming just to join in and connect with each other again because we don't have that face-to-face -face interaction in person but having those wellness events and even our sip and chats on Monday I know a lot of people really appreciate just seeing each other uh, even if it is an hour a week or two um, it's been a great way to connect everybody and make sure we're all on the same page. It's really uh, demolished those borders of like, oh, I'm from this location or I'm from this office. We're kind of all now just one unit of skill for change for one family. I think that's an important part that it's, it's not just the physical transferring over mm -hmm. offices, but it's the virtual training. And I see that you guys are continuously still having those training um, trainings so that they can feel comfortable with whether they have to deliver online workshops or just have to know how to you know, uh, do an online meeting. And it is going to come in handy because as we know, um, this <laughs> seems to be the future um, at, at, in, in some capacity, um, you know, at least in the next couple of years as we move forward. What are some of the, uh, just in general, what, what were some of the biggest concerns raised by staff um, when moving to work from home and um, online service delivery, Nadisha, particularly, like, uh, what were you hearing um, kind of more generally around some of the, as Alyssa said, some of the um, worries or, you know, people having a bit of discomfort around? I think the biggest, <clears throat> sorry, the biggest challenge that we face would be uh, surrounding the technology and how we would deliver services to our clients. Um, one thing about skills for change that anybody who is intimate with us will know is that our 
staff are so client focused. If you ask them about themselves, the first thing they'll tell you is, how do we do this for the, the clients? How do we do that for the clients? You yeah. know, they're so selfless in their work. It's always about the clients and never about them. So their biggest concerns were surrounding how do we tap into our communities? How do we reach our clients? How do we support them? And so that was the biggest concern. And so we tried our best to ensure that one, we had that open communication that Alyssa spoke about. We were very transparent in what we were doing, when we were doing it, and how it would roll out, including we don't have it all figured out. We're playing it by ear and we'll, we'll figure it out together. So we're very open about that. And um, you know, I think that really helped because the truth is nobody has it all figured out at this point or in, in the time to come because the situation is so uncertain and so unpredictable. So we, we tried our best to you know, ensure that we close those communication gaps. There's never a, a time when we need to over-communicate more than now. So we tapped into a lot of technology. Um, we're using collaborative tools like Slack and other teams are using other platforms such as Trello to manage their work and to assign tasks to, to their, their staff and just to have that sense of visualization of what's going on and where people are at. But Alicia spoke to the training support, which is also a very big piece because we have never been an agency that have exclusively operated online. And so offering virtual services to our clients was a big thing and to ensure that we maintain you know, our presence in the, in the marketplace and to ensure that we were doing what we've committed to do to the people that we serve and also our obligation to our funders. So we ensured that we had these training modules ready. We took the feedback from our staff. So that has also been very helpful for us to not just put out material that we thought would be useful, but getting a lot of feedback from the staff. I, I think by now they're tired of us <laughs> and the, the number of surveys we've sent out, but it's really important for us to support them because that's our role. We support the organization you know, to do what they do. We're on the back end ensuring that the infrastructure is there so they can do what they do and yeah. make an impact in the communities that we serve. So ensuring that we provide them with the training support, but also understanding that we are we are made up of different compartments and we're not just about that work life but as individuals we have to be mindful of how this entire situation is affecting us as individuals so also providing that space for people to just exist um, we use slack a lot as a channel to communicate and ensure collaboration not just within teams but across the organization and so having random channels on Slack, um, having a foodie channel for people that are into food, having our wellness channel and just sharing information and just allowing people to exist and just to tap out sometimes. Um, we've also, as part of the transition, as Alicia mentioned, we're able to continue our wellness initiatives and our theme has been balanced for better. And we really are trying to live that to ensure that, you know, we're about that work, but we're also about total wellness. So, you know, providing opportunities for people to share their recipes, providing you know um, yoga classes virtually, providing Zumba classes virtually, playing games virtually, and just providing an environment where people can feel free to unwind and just be themselves and just to express what they're going through because it is a challenging time for us all. Uh, we have to keep going, we have to build up our resilience, but we also have to be mindful that mentally it is very taxing and also um, just to be there to support our staff. A lot of our staff are dealing with clients who are facing very challenging situations, are very vulnerable. We have programs that support women um, who are going through particular challenges and just experiencing that 
type of second hand trauma themselves, we are mindful that, you know, we need to show up even more to be able to support them as they support the client. So I think we've had to do a lot of play it by ear and figure it out as we go. But one thing I know for sure is that we are here to support them and we're trying our best with the resources that we have to really just be helping, be here to help them balance things out and to continue to deliver quality service to our clients and to our stakeholders. Definitely. And I think, um, you know, we are social beings just as, you know, as people. And like you said, with certain things, like if you're having a challenging, um, you know, situation with a client who's facing, you know, extra difficulties and whatnot, um, it was so easy for us to, you know, walk over to our manager's office or walk over to a colleague's office um, to really talk it through. And that is all gone now. So it's really important, like you said, for us to have those channels available for people to feel that not only are they able to do their work, but they're able to be supported in many different ways. So um, that's really amazing to hear. And just for both of you, um, on more of a personal side, and we've talked about it in a couple of other interviews, that you know, um, it seems kind of like it happened so long ago now, but we did have this tragedy um, right um, during the week that we had been told that we would be shifting to work from home, um, where a very dear colleague of ours uh, passed away, Roland, and, um, you know, everything happened so fast, uh, his, his tragic passing and then us shifting over to work from home literally two days later. Um, and how, it, how we dealt with it in terms of staff member passing away, how it impacts staff, and then you couple this COVID-19 situation, it just amplifies everything. And I remember, you know, obviously those few days were extremely challenging for all of us. How did, how do you, for you personally, but also for the staff, how did you deal with the loss of this colleague and handling that with the change um, from work from home um, to ensure that they had the right supports? Nadisha, you talked about having the supports for the staff both so that they can feel, um, you know, supported in their work, but also have a very good, you know, balanced, healthy balance in terms of their mental health and, and things like that. But how did you deal with that added pressure of now having this tragedy and people dealing with that loss? Oh, boy. <laughs> it was honestly a whirlwind. And um, Alyssa and I have spoken about it several times that, you know, we don't know how we did it. Um, but we did. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is that I knew that our staff was depending on us to support them. So we had to show up and we had to do what we had to do. Um, on a personal note, it was a very, very hard um, situation for me, having lost Roland like that tragically. Um, and even more so, I was perhaps his last call on the morning he passed. We literally just spoke. And then, you know, the incident happened. So that was very, very difficult. And then two days later, we had to go remote. So we literally had one day to prep, you know, getting all the policies in place, getting all the infrastructure in place, um, ensuring that everybody was connected via phone, via email. We had, you know, all the updated emergency information for staff so we could, you know, be able to reach out to them if there was an emergency situation. It was very challenging. I remember being up until probably three, four in the morning off or, or transition, just working on all the pieces, um, scheduling emails to ensure that, you know, I didn't forget anything because I was also dealing with, you know, that mental trauma. 
Um, so it was very difficult. Um, but we, I know that we had to do this piece of work and that it was more than just me personally or you know this one incident but I thought about how would this impact our clients if we weren't able to do what we had to do right. I thought about other people in these situations who may also be facing loss or facing other tragic situations but they had to keep going and we had to be there for them you know so my thought process was okay Nadisha let's lead this team into doing what we need to do and then afterwards you can focus on dealing with you know whatever came and so it was very important that you know we ensure that okay after we made this transition we had the necessary structure in place to provide that type of support um so we tapped into eap individually i know i did and i encouraged our staff to do so um but Oh, we had to personally check in with you know some of Roland's colleagues who we know he was particularly close with and the teams that he managed um, just trying to you know get an understanding of what they're going through how they were coping and just literally being there and it was a time where we were very vulnerable and still are I've cried on the calls on zoom calls bawling my eyes out you know just talking about the incident and how we were dealing with it um, and yeah, honestly, it was just being open and vulnerable because as I said before, we're people. And I think a lot of times people um, kind of forget that human resources are human. And so we feel, we feel too. Um, and uh, we, very, we very much understand the impact that it has, you know, having lost somebody like that. And it was very important for me to try to support the staff as much as possible because it happened in a way where some of our staff were on the front line, they saw what happened, you know. So living that trauma, I know was very difficult. Personally, I was right there. Alyssa was right there, um, you know, on the ground when it was all happening. So I think talking to each other as well, not pretending that this didn't happen and put it at the back of our minds in order not to deal with it. Um, we tried not to do that. We tried to acknowledge the situation and, you know, just work through finding coping mechanisms, um, different ways. On some days it was really hard and I literally had to just tap out and just take the day off. Um, and then on other days I had to just power through and just keep going until, you know, the end of the day that, you know, you, you deal with all of those emotions and all of those, those feelings. But it was very difficult, but it was very real. And it was, you know, I think it, the timing was very bad for us it, there's never a good time to lose anyone but it was particularly challenging because of what we were facing and we didn't have each other to support we couldn't go to our colleagues and you know hug them and you know be supportive in that manner but i'm very grateful that our staff really 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 have been very supportive people have been messaging checking in people have been calling sending virtual hugs you know and so that was very important and that was very helpful to me personally i've had people calling me just sending me random texts hey how are you doing i know this was rough but you know and it's, it's it really goes a long way and it really means a lot definitely Alyssa, do you have anything to add well no i just wanted to say like we definitely we used eap to really help us through that time again it was it was a lot me Nadisha, everybody who was there at that very moment, we all just, we needed to push through like she had mentioned. And so I think it got to that point where we were pushing and pushing and pushing. And then when we realized that we had to take that moment for ourselves, EAP was like right there for us. Like it was just that breath of fresh air that we needed just to kind of open up again and kind of speak to what happened because we kind of 
we suppressed it. I, I know I did. I pushed it down. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I told myself I wasn't going to, and I told myself that I, um, I, I was going to, I was going to talk it out and I was going to work through it. But um, those EAP services, those group counseling sessions that we did with the staff were very helpful because not only did I get to share what I was going through, but the staff had that moment, even though it was virtually, to kind of come together and talk about what Roland meant to us and how his loss affected us personally, and it made us feel less alone. Yes, we were home by ourselves at that moment, but those group counseling sessions really made me feel like I wasn't the only person going through all of this. Um, which happens a lot when you're working remote where you feel like you're the only person who's feeling this way so connecting with the staff in that way was was very helpful for me and I I know it's helpful for some of the other staff as well Uh, definitely and I think um, you know I had that similar feeling because I was home on the day that it happened and I was already kind of working from home just being eight months pregnant Um, you know I was home and I was uh, sick so um, I was uh, transitioning at that time, and um, it was very challenging to kind of like process uh, that it had even happened because I wasn't there to kind of, you know, uh, grieve with everyone together. Um, so it took me a long time to even, you know, process that, oh, this this really did happen. This happened. Um, yeah, and it was really the EAP that we had, um, you know, it was the first time that I cried with the group and really got to, you know, talk about Roland and um, everything that he meant to me and everything that he meant to all of us. But uh, definitely, like you said, there's no, you know, good time for a person to pass away, but extremely challenging with everything else that we went through. And um, I'm just so grateful that uh, you guys as HR and the, the agency was able to really provide us with those supports during that time. So um, thank you so much for sharing that very, very personal um, personal story with us. I think uh, it's something that our viewers would be really interested in, in uh, knowing more about in terms of how we manage that personal grief with everything else going on. Just a few more questions I have, um, just back to kind of uh, business. Uh, you know, generally speaking, that a lot of individuals thrive on the social interaction. We've talked about it a little bit already. And obviously, being at home can be very isolation, isolating. And um, you know, you guys mentioned that if you could go into a bit more detail, maybe Alyssa, um, just being our wellness expert at Skills for Change and all the amazing work that you've done, can you go into a little bit more about like, you know, just the feelings of isolation that staff have faced and, and get into a little bit more detail about how you've implemented some of the wellness pieces that, you know, just from my standpoint, having seen some of the conversations, everybody constantly you for having the session um, on a weekly basis. Can you talk us through a little bit more about the wellness? Of course, of course. Well, actually, I wanted to mention, because you had said that a lot of people thrive on social interaction. I was one of those people who (laughs) I would pop my head into everybody's office. I'd be like, hi, how are you? What's new? Hello, happy Friday. Um, you can ask um, finance every time I would go to the bathroom I would pop by their office and I was like hello hi you miss me I was always popping in and so I'm telling you it has not stopped I use slack I use the balance for better wellness sessions to be like hi everybody how's it going hello how are you because I just I, I honestly genuinely miss everybody and I loved our office chit chat and our office banter it was just always so much fun and I um I, I dearly miss it. 
Um, so having these ba balance for better sessions has been my way of just bringing that little piece back. So I, I have been putting my all into them. I've been um, taking people's feedback. So a lot of uh, our staff are really wonderful. So you had Nargis on uh, one of these uh, Connect series as well. She did a beautiful meditation session for us, which I could not have done on my own, but the staff really appreciated, appreciated that. We had Rosalind who shared her recipes. Um, we had uh, a Zumba instructor that I genuinely found on Instagram and she she made us sweat that day. I know everybody was like, we were moving, we were grooving. It was just, it was so much fun. And then I did just like a very relaxed um, balance for better where we literally just sat and talked. I was like, so how is everybody? Like, what is the, the happiest thing that happened to you this week? What was the not so greatest thing that happened to you? Um, this past Wednesday, we did a resilience talk about how to build our resilience and what resilience means to us. Because I think a lot of us forgot about what that meant. And so I was basically pulling about of things that I needed and web webinars that I've taken and information that I feel like the staff really would appreciate at that moment. Because you can, you can feel when, when staff are losing productivity or they're losing, um, they're just losing interest. You want to pull them back in. And like, that was my way of just being like, okay, guys, like that's, Let's all reset. Let's let's get this going. We'll finish off our week strong, which is why I also love that it's on a Wednesday because the yeah. last two days of the week we just we push through <laughs> and we've got this, which is which is always really fun. Uh, and and like you knock on people's door and take those breaks and go for lunch walks and things like that. And not necessarily are we doing that and following that here at home, right? And up until now, it was you know freezing cold outside and it was just very dreary. <laughs> miserable yeah um so it really does help to connect and and i think that it's really amazing that you're doing um wellness you know in a, on a, across the spectrum so you know you're not just looking at um things like meditation and yoga you're incorporating that but then things like having the recipes and people exchanging ideas and things like that is really been beneficial and you can see it in our staff so um that's really really great and we are excited to see what else you have planned for the upcoming weeks, um, you know, because uh, we're going to be home for a little while longer. How do you see, uh, you know, uh, some of the opportunities and the challenges as we kind of move back to modified office uh, situation? Obviously, as we know, you know, things are evolving on a regular basis and we're not sure exactly when we're going to go back, but we do know some of the things that we need to implement um you know as we move back so some what are some of the opportunities particularly that you can see um the skills for change you know really uh utilizing as we move back to a modified working situation nidisha well i think um with all the challenges that covid posed there are opportunities and i think as we move back um of course observing all the safety precautions and you know being mindful of all of those situations. I think there are a lot of opportunities that can be realized as mm -hmm. we go back. Um, I think one of the biggest ones is reaching a larger market. Yeah. Um, now people are not limited to coming into our offices for service, but now we can deliver to communities outside of Toronto, outside of Ontario. And I think, think that is a very big opportunity for us because we do very good work, not just good, we do excellent work and we can add a lot of value to others outside of you know, our general scope. 
So I think that's a huge opportunity, but also from a personal development standpoint, because I'm all for that, you know, that upskilling and just continuous growth and development on a personal level, which of course spills over into our professional lives. So I think there's an opportunity for us all to learn new, new, new tools, new techniques, new, new, um, new ways of operating, um, and just really to embrace the technology because the future of work is here. It is now. And it only gets better, it only gets more involved from a technology standpoint. So I think that's an opportunity also for us to grow and to develop new skill sets, but also to explore and to identify new things that we may be good at, but we just have not yet had the opportunity to tap into it. So I think those are two of the biggest opportunities for us. And I think also there's an opportunity for us to really become more aware and to become more conscious of who we are as individuals and what we're good at and where our opportunities lie. Um, and I think it's this time at home will equip us to go back and to really just get it and be hyper-focused because we've lost out so much um, being home. Obviously, we can't do the work that we do 100% effectively being away from our, our clients who also rely on that social interaction face to face and just bearing in mind that some of our, our clients are not able to tap into our services because um, of their personal situation not having you know the technology to do so but I think that's also an, another opportunity for us to serve both sets of clients really well those who have it and are not able to come in person but also the ones that can come in person to um, to engage with our, our staff and our programs in an intimate way. Definitely. Alyssa do you have anything to add to that? Um, no I think I'm okay. <laughs> she, she, she hit the nail. She's good. <laughs> Can you uh, tell our audience any resources uh, that you guys have used to implement good working supports or any other additional advice that you can provide to any of our, um, you know, HR community that might be tapping into this podcast? Alyssa? Alyssa, go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was just going to reiterate our EAP services. If you're... Um, if your company or if your agency can tap into those EAP services, they were a great resource for us. Not only now, but even in the past, we've definitely utilized them and shared them with our staff. And I feel like it's it's been a great resource for our staff to have, especially at this time. Um, again, like the government website for us has just been a huge tool, like Adisha mentioned before, when we were, researching about this pandemic and how it was going to affect our remote work and even our transition back to the office. Um, that was a great resource to tap into just to understand everything a lot better because you kind of get um, get like involved in all of the rumors and all of the, the false information that's happening nowadays and it kind of consumes you and not only you, your, your staff. And so you kind of want to uh, guide them in the proper direction. So that's that's how we've used those tools to help with our staff. And I, I think that all HR professionals and even staff should talk to their HR professionals about those resources. Yeah, definitely. Did you have yeah. another area? Yes, for sure. I think um, in addition to those, um, from a purely HR standpoint, um, first reference has been a good resource for us. Um, just looking at, you know, they number some of all the legislative changes and the policies that may be necessary as we return to work. 
um, and having all the supports in place to be able to, you know, be there for our staff and to serve them um, properly. Also, again, as I mentioned, the associations and other HR bodies like HRPA have also been putting out a lot of information. Uh, we've been attending webinars um, just to ensure that, you know, we know what we need to know so that we can pass that along to our staff because a lot of it is very involved um, and very, we don't want to take up their time to ask them to go watch it. So if we can watch it and just participate and then implement it um, for everyone, then that, you know, that has really been useful. Um, for HR, I know in particular, this is a very, difficult time um we celebrated hr week hr day last week um and i think this time has been a very big win for hr practitioners um a lot of times we're seen as the enemy <laughs> um, because um staff think that okay they're not for us and then management think that we're too accommodating for the staff not understanding that our role is really balanced ensuring that you know all parties are served and served well Right. Um, and I, so I think it's a really good time for HR um, practitioners to band together and really to support each other because HR has nobody to go to for help <laughs> based on the nature of our work and just the ethics involved. And so we only have each other. So I think it's a good time for a community of HR practitioners to really band together, share their best practices, share their challenges, to be able to support each other in order to support the organization and the people in our organization. So I think, yeah, it, it, it's just about understanding that people are people and people come first. It's mm -hmm. always people before profit. It's people before everything else. So having right. that understanding and staying true to why you're doing this piece of work, living the values of your organization and really operating in a manner that demonstrates that we care and that we are here for the people that we serve who are there for the clients that we serve, you know? So I think it's important to be open, be honest and be transparent and to really just put people first, um, take the time to listen to your staff, take the time to also be mindful that you are just one person and to ensure that you take the time that you need as well to balance your own life and your own wellness ensure that you know with all this craziness that's happening you are taking the time to take care of your mental health so yeah that's, that's my advice <laughs> yeah and i think what you know when you say that people come first like that's a that should be a universal um, belief, uh, not just here where we practice, but everywhere. And so I really like that fused in with what you said earlier around being able to tap into other resources across the world, because everybody is dealing with this right now. And, um, you know, we're not the only country that's in a work from home mode. So you can know what other agencies and companies are doing across the world. So I think that's really, really cool and something that a lot of HR professionals could really um, benefit from, you know, doing. So that's really great. Thank you for that. No problem. Um, yeah, so final question. I just am curious what you guys have on the agenda coming up for any um, fun activities and things that you would love to implement for our staff. <laughs> we've, we've talked about a lot of like um, games or challenges that we want to implement in the next few weeks, especially since we're all at home. 
um, even before we went remote, we wanted to do a step challenge with all of the staff to uh, count how many steps you're taking in the day, just to keep people moving. So we figured it was a great time now to implement that because everybody's kind of at home, kind of stuck, and walking and taking steps is just a great way to keep moving. So we're going to try and implement a step challenge. Hopefully it works. Um, and if it does work, maybe we'll do it um, more often and we'll get people involved and we'll, we'll, we'll share our goals and maybe start in a little bit of a competition which I'm excited for. We may, we actually may or may not be having a virtual cook-off as well. So it may happen. We'll that see. may happen. We'll also be twinning to winning. So we also have a twin challenge coming up soon. Uh, we're going to let, we're going to let staff pick a, a partner and they're going to dress alike for the day. Um, so yeah, we have tons of activities coming up. We're just trying to balance that with all the work that we have to do. <laughs> um, but definitely each week we're looking to do activities to keep people engaged and yeah, let's hope they enjoy it. And um, again, like I said, we're taking the feedback from the staff on things that we can do to engage yeah. them. So yeah, there's lots coming up soon. That's awesome. Just as you said that my Fitbit buzzed that I need. <laughs> Time to go walk. Yeah, honestly, the few days after I had the baby, I had maybe 900 steps up for the day, but I'm back up to 7,000, 8,000 per day, which is really good. Just walking around my condo and getting <laughs> bottles and all that kind of stuff. And the cook, I am so there. I'm going to win. No professionals allowed. You'll be a judge. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're not doing that. You and Roslyn cannot enter that competition. You're the cookies that I know. So once I become aware that y'all are pros, you, you can't enter. I've seen a few others in our foodie channel. So Serana probably can't enter. Barbara probably can't enter. Sheila probably can't enter. I see you. Not <laughs> pros, not allowed. Quality judges. So, unless like, we have the pro category where you go head to head, exactly. it's like <laughs> the Top Chefs Challenge. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so so much for taking the time this afternoon to chat with me and to really open up about all the amazing things that our HR has been doing for Skills for Change. And I really hope that a lot of what you guys have talked about in terms of what you've implemented and how you're moving forward um, with this crazy situation um, can really help with um, others that are listening to the podcast and, um, you know, be able to maybe implement if they haven't already in their companies and their organizations. So thank you so much. I look forward to the day that we can all be together again. Um, but it's really great to see your lovely faces. And I really appreciate the time you've taken today. No problem. Thank okay. you for inviting us. <laughs>